You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. And so it is an enjoyment today to be able to just try to encourage you this year, 2022, not necessarily to say how much, but how deep. Not how much, but how deep. Especially this year, just hanging out with Graham and Tom over the Christmas period, I've learned a lot about coffee. <laughs> I always used just to think coffee's coffee, just get a spoon, chuck it in, drink it, off we go. But you know, there is, I realised that there is much more to coffee than just drinking it. And it was interesting. Some of you would be getting your pets, your dogs, and your cats, but some of us here would be getting bees <laughs> as pets. And I love honey. And again, listening to Graham, I'm fascinated to hear his passion about the, the bees and honey and why he wants to make it and realising the depth of what goes on for us to just be able to pick some honey out from Tesco. The whole process of it is just, it's fascinating. So going deeper actually brings, I believe, a deeper joy and a deeper interest. If you hang around with me this year, I might be buying a new telescope. Because I've looked at the stars in the sky for a long time and come to realise that sometimes if we just looked a little bit deeper, you can actually see some amazing things and some galaxies. Years ago, the Hubble Space Telescope spent a lot of time just looking at the stars and the sky's amazing pictures. And then one guy said, why don't you just point it at this bit of space for a long time? And it just seemed as if there was nothing there. (coughs) And I don't know if you've seen the photo that came back of this dark bit of space that looked like nothing suddenly having millions of galaxies in there. Because they decided to go deep instead of how much. So the scripture we're going to use today is Colossians 3.16. And let me just pray. Father, we just are thankful that we can come to your word. We're thankful, God, that sometimes you want to slow us down and get us not so much focused on how much, but how deep. Especially when it comes to the things of God and how much you love us. Death is good. Yeah. So, Father, be with us today, we pray in Jesus. Yes. Yeah, amen. This may well be a bit of a preach or a bit of teaching or a bit of a relaxed Bible study. Um, but let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ, the word of God, dwell in you. That word dwell is it's like live in you, like a house. Yeah. You know your houses pretty well if you've been in them a long time. And I say, let the word of God dwell in you like that. Let it live in you deeply. And so this is where I'm not going to actually do a, a theological, exegetical preach from that verse. I just want to stir our hearts and minds up to go deep in the Bible this year. And the Bible, Biblia, which means library. So you haven't just got a book. It's not necessarily a book. It's 66 books. So just imagine this one book opening up behind me on a shelf of 66 books that God is saying to you, come and pick a book and go deep. So this year, after many years of reading the the whole Bible through, year after year after year through a Bible reading plan, I've decided to just start with a book. 
and have no time limit on it. How long will I read it for? A month? Six months? I don't know. But my plan is to go deep and to take time on it. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, just trying to take one book at a time. I'm going to probably start with the, the books by the Apostle John. John's Gospel. Here's another 316. The Bible verses and chapters were put in by somebody else. They weren't in the original text. Somebody thought it would help people to put chapters and verses in. And they do indeed help us, but they can also hinder us. And here's a great example. John 3.16. How many of you know that? I don't even have to say it. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But we need to be careful that we don't romanticize it. And it can sound sometimes, especially in today's theological world, that God looked at you and you were so amazing and so special and so wonderful that he just couldn't have heaven without you. And he needed to get you this because you were awesome. And we can romanticize it. But how many of us can quote John 3, verses 14 and 15? Because mm -hmm. that gives the whole context for John 3, 16. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a strange verse. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, yeah. is attached to John 3.16. And you'd have to go into Numbers 21 in the Old Testament. Maybe that's a book you want to read this year. And in Numbers 21, in the first few verses, you hear about the nation of Israel, there's a Canaanite king that comes against them and he takes some of the Israelites prisoners and they, the, the nation of Israel pray to God and say, God, give us victory. And God gives them victory. We love God's victories, don't we? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you read straight after that that they are very close to the promised land and they need to go through Edom. But the Edomites won't let them through. And now there is a huge delay for their plans. We wanted to get there, God, but this has happened. That's going to take a long time. And you hear then that the nation of Israel is starting to grumble and complain. We love our victories, but do we love God's delays? What is it that comes out of our hearts when our plans are not going according to plan? And they started to grumble and complain. And they said to God, you brought us here so that we might die in this wilderness. Why did you ever bring us out of Egypt? We have no water. We have no bread, and even this bread that you're providing from heaven, we hate. Wow, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. And so God sends snakes amongst them that bite them, and the people become poisoned, and people start dying. And that's God's treatment to the nation of Israel for complaining. And then the nation of Israel suddenly realized, gosh, we have sinned. Our hearts are not where they should be. We're not speaking what we should be speaking. So again, they call out to God. And God, in his grace and his mercy, he says to Moses, make a bronze serpent and lift it up. And whoever looks to the bronze serpent will live. And that's exactly what happens. So what you see in that story is God showing grace and love to people who don't deserve it. Yeah. And so John 3.16, for God so loved the world of amazing people, Actually, we all know it. it's not that. God so loved the world, people that were against God, yeah. that rebelled against yeah. God, that hated God, mm. and didn't want anything to do with him. 
But God is the God who made the first move. Yeah. For God so loved the world, it was his choice, it was his decision. Yeah. But he gave his only son. If we were so wonderful, for God to give his only son in the way that he gave him would make him a cruel God. Yeah. Just forgive us, God, if we're so great. Yeah. If we are so wonderful, then surely a good God just forgives. Mm -hmm. And some people today will talk about that there's original goodness, even in theological terms. But for us as Christians, we know that there was original sinfulness, that we were born in sin. Mm -hmm. We were born against God, and by his grace and by his mercy, he came and he lifted Jesus up, mm -hmm. that whoever might look to him in faith. Yeah. Seems quite foolish, doesn't it, to bring a bronze snake up? But Christ dying for us is also foolishness to the world. And the bronze snake, you know, the snake in the Old Testament did represent evil, but bronze represented judgment. And what we see here is judgment upon sin and sin being dealt with. And that's what we see in Jesus Christ. So John 3.16 and Numbers, you know, choose a book. It's awesome. And whoever believes in him, that is like a clings to him. Yeah. 100% with passion and heart, Lord, you're my saviour. I see my sin, I see your provision, and I'm clinging to it. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. Clinging to it tightly, clinging to him. So that's just a little taster from John 3.16. And even as you go through it to John 13, I love the fact that you did um, communion today, because I think God wants to give us some little breadcrumbs to follow. Mm -hmm. I think that could be a little theme for us. In John 13, 21 to 30, when I read my Bible, that, that verse 30 caught my eye. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. And we have to read the verses before it, don't we, to, to get a bigger picture of what's going on here. And actually, who is it that received the bread from Jesus? And it was Judas, somebody who didn't deserve it. Jesus, uh, Judas, was a close friend yeah. of Jesus, a disciple. But in his heart, he was planning betrayal. And on the, the Last Supper, when Jesus talked about the bread and the wine, and he broke the bread and said, this is my body, when you eat it, you do it in remembrance of me. This is the wine which represents my blood. When you drink it, you're doing it in remembrance of me. You're declaring my death until I come. But then we know that there was Judas there who had a plan to portray Jesus, and Jesus still offered him the bread and said, what you do, go and do quickly. It's quite a humorous story because you have Peter. Jesus already said in a few verses before it, one of you is going to betray me. And I don't have enough love to have the time to be able to explain what's happening around the table. But basically, you have Peter, who's not near Jesus, pointing to John and saying, ask him. Ask him always. And John just leans back and says, Jesus, who is it? And Jesus says, whoever I dip the bread, whoever I give the bread to, it is him. And it gives a suggestion that Judas was very near. He gives it to Judas. And Judas goes out and goes about his plan to betray him. Jesus. Because in reading that, that reminded me of Genesis. Maybe you want to spend time in Genesis this year. I suppose the point of what I'm trying to say is when you go deep into any book in the Bible, you're going to find Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Any book in the Bible, you'll find Jesus. And if you find Jesus, you'll find God's love and his plan of salvation for you. 
despite our sin. It is so deep. In Genesis um, 44, there's this verse there in, in 31. And then he washed his face and he, he went out and he restrained himself and he said, serve the bread to them. Who is this person? This is Joseph. He's serving his bread to his brothers who had betrayed him. So there's that same theme again. Bread being given out to people who don't deserve it. Then he took the servants to them from before him, but Benjamin's servant was five, time, five times as much as any of theirs, so they drank and they were merry with him. So you have these themes again of bread and wine. And you know the whole story of this. If you go back into Genesis 40, Joseph was betrayed terribly by his brothers. Mm -hmm. They hated him. They put him in a pit. They wanted him dead. They walked away as if he was good as dead. But in God's providence, he was brought out of the pit. He was put into Egypt. Uh, and even though things went well initially, he was then innocently put into prison. Where he served. That was his heart. Mm -hmm. He might have not wanted to be there. But we hear more about Joseph serving in prison than we do about his complaining. Again, we should have time to unpack this, but you've got to follow these breadcrumbs yourselves in 2022. There's this great story where Joseph is in prison, and Pharaoh's master butler and master baker are also placed in prison. Apparently there's a, a, an idea that somebody, one of them has murdered someone. So they're both put in prison. And they're both um, spending time there, and Joseph is there, and they both have dreams which make them look sad. And Joseph is there, he can interpret dreams. But Joseph looks at them and he says, I can see that you're sad. Why are you sad today? Does it remind you of Luke chapter 24, when Jesus was resurrected from the grave, and there were two disciples sad walking along the road because their Messiah who had come to bring victory immediately had died, and their hopes had been crushed. And Jesus comes to them and says, why do you look so sad today? Joseph comes to them and they, they say, well, we had dreams. And the, the butler who's in charge of the wine had a dream that he saw a vine with three branches and these grapes. It says that it shot forward and they blossomed into these ripe grapes. And he was able to press the grapes into Pharaoh's cup. And Joseph says to him, I know the interpretation of the dream. In three days' time, your head will be lifted up and you will be restored to your position where you will serve wine again for Pharaoh. And the baker liked the sound of that. He said, hey, I had a dream as well. I had three baskets on my head, and in the top basket there was these baked goods, bread. But the birds came and they ate all the bread in the basket, and Joseph said, I have an interpretation for that. In three days' time, your head will be lifted up, but you will be hanged on a tree between heaven and earth. And we hear that now when it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he had made a great feast for all of his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his um, butlership again, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker. Joseph had interpreted for them the dream that they had dreamt. I just love that whole thing of the butler is in charge of the wine, the baker is in charge of the bread. Mm -hmm. um, they were lifted up. 
Who is Jesus in that story? Joseph, the butler, the baker. Yes. All three. They are trying to point away from themselves to this Jesus who would talk about the bread, who would talk about the wine as symbols that he was going to place himself on a cross and have his body broken and his blood shed, satisfying the wrath of God against our sin, taking our sin upon himself, taking the punishment that we deserved upon him. And for those who look to Jesus Christ in simple faith, he places on us the righteousness and the holiness yeah. of God. Amen. That's the beauty and the simplicity yeah. of the gospel. All three were lifted up. And Jesus was lifted up. Joseph served. Jesus served. It's one of the main things that he talked about. In every situation, in every circumstance, even with COVID in 2022, um, we should be honest about its frustrations, yeah. honest that it's affecting some things that we desire, but we should also be stepping back and say, but how can we serve? Yeah, good. And when people see us as a church, and when people hear us as Christians, do they hear something different? Because yeah. there must be something different that they hear from us. Yes, we empathize with the struggles. Yes, they see in us, we don't talk these pains away, but they must see hope. And they must share encouragement. And they must see somehow unity and light coming from us. 2 Timothy 3.16. Another 3.16. We've got Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing with one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing amid grace in your hearts to the Lord. We've had John 3.16. <coughs> God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who is the bread from heaven? Jesus. What has Jesus left us? His word. As we go into 2022, I am hoping over these next few weeks that the amount of mint chocolate I've put in myself <laughs> decreases and is pushed out by the wonderful, rich, deep word of God. That will start to work in your hearts and start to show you how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. How deep the father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away, as wounds which mark the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders, your sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers, it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know 
that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. 2022, not how much. How do you?